Two guys walk into a bar. Two guys walk into a bar. Two guys walk into a bar. The first boy says, he goes, well, first he goes up to the bartender, of course. And the third one, Jeff. This isn't a joke or anything. It's just another example of what can happen. The second guy says, well, the bartender, okay. Well, the second guy says, he comes up and he's like. Cut to, <laughs> uh, like 20 years later. Joan Rivers is the bartender. Are you going to buy me drinks all night to the point where I get so drunk that I end up having sex with you later? That's right, my Uncle Joe the drunk. At one time he's in a bar, he's making a lot of noise, and this woman comes over. And the third one, Jeff. The bartender looks up and says, get the fuck out of here. Six bouncers hurled me out of a nightclub like I was a frisbee. And the bartender's all like, he comes up, you know. Look at that guy. He's wasted in a bar. I came here to read a novel. So these two guys walk into a bar, right? And the third one, Jeff. I don't know if I have a joke so much, but I was thinking uh, this week that um, I think it'd be really cool if the cable company just switched up like what channel the Discovery Channel was every day so that it, it, if you were trying to watch something on Discovery Channel, you would have to discover it. I think that would just make people want it more. And, and feel more tuned with the other discoverers on that channel. So that's not a joke. It's more just, I think that'd be cool. Yeah, if, if you had to discover the Discovery Channel every time. Definitely appreciate it more. What if there, on the Discovery Channel, there was a documentary about the Discovery Shuttle? Ooh. Discoveryception. Discovery section, a discovery within a discovery. Right. Sorry, I was moving my cat. He's uh, decided that um, Sunday mornings are for love. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Um, so, welcome to uh, Third One Ducks, your comedy album podcast du jour. Uh, this is Brady Cox with my co host, Patrick Kilcoin. I keep saying co-host, but um, I don't mean that as like your secondary or anything. Um, yeah, that's why it's co. That that doesn't sound secondary. Yeah, I don't know. It just it seems to me that it feels secondary. You know, like like it's not the correct language that I want to use, but it's the best wow. that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I, I I think it's much more co-host makes sense. We're much more Amy and Tina than. No, Johnny and Ed. Right, but... right. It's, you're not my sidekick. That's right, sure. right. I'm not. I'm not leading the band. We don't have a band. No, we we don't. Um, I actually kind of wanted a band at one point, you know, um, but I can't afford that. Yeah. Um, especially yeah, you know, that, that's tricky. You know, for you know all the money that we make on this podcast, you know, just rolling in dough. Yeah, just. Um, uh, technically, we're net negative every week, so um, yeah, I, I pay a lot more to put this out than, um, which technically makes makes me a producer, and an yeah. ex, and an executive producer as well. Executive producer, that's exciting stuff. Yeah. 
Is, isn't that how it goes? The producer like does stuff, and the executive producer just um, pays for things. Sometimes, sometimes I think they'll also toss around the executive producer title uh, if they really, you know, want people to stick around or give them more power, or whatever. I think they just have more decisions. Because you'll see that often in sitcoms where like the star has been on the show for a few years, and all of a sudden they're also the executive producer. Maybe that is because they're paying for it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I always thought executive producer, like, well, not, not always. Like, when I was really young, I thought something different. But as I got older, I thought that it meant that you were paying for stuff. Probably doing a little bit of both. Oh, you probably also, like, you might be paying for stuff, but then you get a bigger cut of whatever comes in from the work. Well, I if mean, something does. I, I think it's set up to where, like, if you pay in, then you, you get first dibs, you know? So, yeah, like, yeah. any money that comes in, you get it first kind of thing. That falls under shareholders, kind of. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So I guess if you got a bunch of people to pay into some sort of work, theoretically a producer, not an executive producer, but a producer, if they got enough investors who want to recoup their money, if, if something flopped, Theoretically, a producer could make more money on a flop than on a hit. I mean, that's the plot for the producers, in a way, almost, kind of, sort of, but no. No, it's completely the plot of the producers. <laughs> I, th I thought but this is like not a, Mel Brooks week. I thought that was like a government kickback or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. That was also written in the 60s, so things might be different now. Yeah. I'm, I'm sh that may have never been the you know, the case, you know. And they do end up going to jail. Spoiler alert on a 53-year-old movie. Yeah, if you haven't seen the producers, yeah, just spoiler, I guess. Yeah. Also, do it. I I did see... I don't remember which version I saw. I think I saw the, um, the newer version with um, Matthew Broderick. Nathan Lane, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen the original. Oh, sure, sure. Um, I mean, it's, it's the same basic plot. Although, I will say Will Ferrell was brilliant in that one. Yeah. Um, and because I had never seen it before, it was a complete surprise. Um, so, that was uh, magical. Yeah. So... Uh, but anyway, here today we're talking about, um, it's a Flip Wilson album. It's called, uh, The Devil Made Me Buy This Dress. Did I get that right? Yeah, that's correct. The it's Devil Made Me Buy This Dress. All right. Beautiful. Glad, glad I'm on, glad I listened to the right album. Mm -hmm. Um, this album was not available on Spotify. Um, so I had to find it on YouTube. Somebody had, uh, taken their record album and uh, recorded it, um, which was actually kind of nice because I got to hear the um, them flip the record, uh, which gave me a good indication of you know where the transition happened. Um, although that should be pretty obvious based on you know when you're listening to it. Yes, um, absolutely. As the first side is like, I think that was like a uh, television comedy special, um, where it's basically just half an hour to stand up 
and then mm-hmm. the second half is um, he's filling in for Johnny Carson, and these are his monologues. So there's like five yeah. mo- five monologues, um, which sounds kind of hokey. Um, except for you have to remember it's 1970. There's no uh, VCRs or you know DVRs for that matter. Um, so if you miss something on television. It's gone forever, as far yeah. as uh, you would know, unless it comes back on reruns. And late night shows do not come back on reruns. So, right, right. Um, so it made sense to make this album at the time. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely, and it, and it is interesting. This is very much a different style than some of the other things we've looked into so far because now we are drifting a little bit more into the world of uh night show hosts late night show hosts uh, especially with the second uh side of this album and and tapping into that world um obviously at the point of this album flip wilson is a uh, guest host in place of johnny carson he will shortly go on to create, or maybe around the exact same time, uh, the Flip Wilson show, weekly variety show, sketch show, had a lot of guests on it, um, but ended up being the number two uh, show in the United States for uh, at least its first two years of its run. Um, so it is just a different style to be now drifting into the uh, late night television classics versus stand-up or improv or sketch, which is a lot of what we've done so far. Right. And uh, the thing about that is, uh, uh, well, one one piece of trivia I want to get out there. Um, uh, Flip Wilson show, one of the writers was uh, George Carlin. Yeah, and, uh, yeah so who we was, talked about last week. Yeah, it's uh, important for his career. And honest, uh, so that album, FMAM, that we talked about last week was coming out um, third of the four years of the Flip Wilson show run. So um, that was probably very influential on that album um, because that was what was going on in his life at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that the, the, you know, the second side of this album is obviously just, you know, late night monologues, right? Um, they haven't changed a whole lot. Um, they're very clean for television. They're you know, set up in a certain way, and they're X amount of minutes, and they're not quite like stand-up. Um, it's funny. like um, You and I can sit there and go, yeah, that, that's a monologue. That's not stand-up, right? Yeah. Could you define it? No, I couldn't, other than I uh, typically stand-up is more meticulously crafted although even that it isn't necessarily whereas you know if you're on a johnny carson show a leno a letterman a colbert a myers a fallon um having to and, and obviously they have tons of writers don't get me wrong there yeah but coming up with something new every single night um I think growing up, I didn't realize how exhausting that must be for everybody involved in it. Right. Plus the fact that, you know, you have to 
it's got to be super clean and, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, basically boring enough that uh, the average person, like, has some sort of clue as to what's going on. Um, yeah, you're, you're probably going for chuckles more than for laughs. Right. This is probably, like, the early morning water cooler talk and, mm-hmm. and every day. And that's what they, they do their monologue on, you know? Yeah. So did you hear this thing about Russia? You know, um, that was like the worst Leno I've ever heard. But... I, to be fair, when you said that, I immediately thought Jay Leno. Just like, oh, did you hear about this? Right. Because that's, um... well, that's, that's his cadence. That's what, you know, that's his line. Um, yeah. But, um, and honestly, it, I didn't know it was Leno until it came out of my mouth, to be perfectly honest. One of the things that's most interesting about that whole genre and that whole style to me is, and I'm sure he has his detractors and people who hate him, but how universally beloved um, for, for having a show that ran from 62 to 92, just, I don't think I've ever really heard anything, anybody say anything bad about Johnny Carson. I, At least not as a performer in comic. You know, I I see a lot of these things on the internet, like, oh, Johnny Carson was a bastard, blah, blah, blah. But Oh, yeah, behind the scenes, I'm sure he probably was. But um, Here's the thing. How do, you, how do you keep a show that long if you really are a bastard, you know? Um, people don't want to work with somebody who's unpleasant, right? Yeah. And, um... Yeah. There's his. He had talent, sure, but there's no talent that makes up for that in the long run, really. I so I I do have to believe more the people that you know say that he was a great dude and blah blah blah. You know. Yeah. Um, I I have to believe that more because otherwise you you know just he would you would think he would pissed off some exec somewhere or something. Um. Definitely. And he had the charm and he had the warmth. And that's why Flip Wilson, when you get to the half of this album, that is more him doing the monologues in place of Johnny Carson when Carson's on, I don't know, vacation or whatever, works so well. is because he is also just super warm and wholesome. And, oh, here's a story I'm coming up with. Uh, One cool thing about his rhythm that really amused me is how often... And maybe it only happened two or three times. Um, but he would just be like, all right, here's here's a comedic story I'm working on. And then just tell the story, leading into it with, this is in progress. Um, that was just an interesting style there. Um, I, I, I do remember that as well, and I appreciated that. But uh, p- please, sorry, continue. Oh, I was just going to say, going along with being just warm and charming, I, I did read a quote... Uh, from Richard Pryor, and I'm going to misquote it, but but Richard Pryor basically telling Flip Wilson that he's the only, you know, comic, the only performer, that when he goes on stage, the audience really hopes that the performer likes them. And that's just such an interesting <laughs> observation and idea. Yeah. Um, that is interesting. Um. 
I, I remember catching on the, you know, oh, this story, this is a story that I'm working on bit because mm-hmm. um, very often um, when I go out and do a bit, I know it's not finished, you know? Uh, I'm, I'm going out to tell the story so that I can um, make it better. Um, so I, I often say things like that as well. So it's just like, yeah, here's a story that I got um, that I'm working on. And uh, so I, th- I found that to be um, endearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I get, you know, I, we didn't mention that. We've, we've talked about this uh, previous podcast or the last podcast about how, um, you know, uh, personally, I'm not very familiar with uh, this man and his uh, body of work. Um, I've always been curious because I, I've heard yeah. the name and I've, I've seen it thrown around and people talk about him, but I, he, he just was somebody I'd never heard of up until, geez, I think I was like 30, at least 30 years old. Um, which is well after his, his career. I mean, right, apparently right. he was still doing stuff in the eighties, but I was not aware of it, you know? If he was on an episode of The Love Boat, I would have gone, okay, well, he's somebody famous, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, sure, sure, definitely. Um, but um, I will say that... Um, so, so, yeah, the second half of his, his uh, uh, album is all monologues and, uh, you know, late night stuff, right? And, uh, you know, it, it's funny for what it is, right? Um, yeah. The first half is television comedy, which, um, you know, is watered down as well, right? Um, and and this is back, you know, like when was the last time you saw a a thirty minute comedy special on network television? <laughs> on network television, I don't, I don't know if I ever have. Exactly right. So. Uh, Even Comedy Central, they used to do it a lot more with the Comedy Central Presents, but I think they've kind of moved away from that. Right. So, like, I I think the thing is, is that, um, for the most part, people don't want to watch a half an hour comedy special. They either want to watch, like, like 15 minute pieces where there's, like, multiple comics. Like, uh, uh, if you've seen on Netflix, they do that a, a bit here and there. Yeah, definitely. Um, or they want to watch, um, you know, hour long, at least an hour long, right? So yeah, I mean, it, that's kind of the style that Netflix is going for now. Is the here's an hour, maybe up to ninety minutes if somebody's really bold. Uh, here's a comedy special, and and you can do, you know, to get that much material, it's probably maybe one a year, maybe one every other year. Right. Right. Like right now I could probably throw together a half an hour. I mean, the thing is, is that, um, I mean, I, I remember at one point I thought a half an hour was daunting until I did, um, did a long 15 minutes once. Sure. And ended up being, I think like 18 minutes, um, because they forgot to turn the light on, you know, kind of a thing. Oh, uh, okay. Um, the guy, Cut me off at some point. Hey, the guy at the board was having a good time. He lost track of time. Yeah. Um, 
but you know I, I was doing that and i realized you know i still had at least five more minutes of material um so yeah i, I definitely know i could do a half hour but uh, an hour seems insanely daunting mm-hmm. um i just think about the people that i know that have tons of material and um because when you put together an hour you want to make it flow right it doesn't um you can't just like throw like seven bits together you know yeah um you want it to relate in some way shape or form but um but yeah anyway like so this is a television um special and it's it's you can tell it's very sanitized Mm-hmm. Um, the the one thing I will say about Flip Wilson is he was very good at um, bridging the gap between the um, am I saying this right? The old Chitlin Network they they call it the Chitlin Network or the Chitlin something or other. I believe that's what they called it. Yeah, it, it was something or other like that. Um, but anyway, it was like all the the dirty black comics, like um, you know Red Fox and and his ilk, right? Chitlin Circuit, I just... Oh, yeah, uh, the circuit. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, because it's, it's a circuit. Everything's a circuit. Um, you know, because, you know, when Red Fox made the transition to television, he he did clean it mm-hmm. up a bit, but not a whole lot. Um, and uh, there were ways where he, you know, would wink at the camera kind of, you know, when it, you know, it was obvious that this was supposed to be dirty. Yeah, um, definitely. Whereas, you know, uh, Flip Wilson had a way of, um, this, this being the late sixties, early seventies, he had a way of making the white audience feel comfortable. I'm trying to pick, choose my words carefully here. Um, but I mean, I I think he had time. I think he had broad accessibility where he was accessible to a wide variety of audiences um and interestingly you brought up red fox i guess um one of flip wilson's big breaks was uh red fox was on johnny carson's tonight show and carson was just like well all right and asked him what uh who he considered the one of his favorite comics to be and and red fox answered with flip wilson so then carson and sullivan started having him on um so no real big point there but i guess that happened well yeah it it makes sense i mean if you think about it like 1970 um black comedians who have really made it i mean at the time um what he got red red fox flip wilson bill cosby bill cosby um i think that's it at the time yeah um there was just um and and there there are jokes about it about like oh how like there's only room for five in hollywood at any one time um you know five black people in hollywood at any one time Mm -hmm. um kind of thing um which you know is going going away It, it hasn't quite uh left i mean the number is much larger than five these days Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, and we we may be there already, but uh, 
it's kind of one of those things that time will tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, the other thing I know Flip Wilson was uh, um, involved in was Laugh-In, which uh, I never really got to watch a whole lot of, uh, but I am aware of it. Yeah. A lot of Smothers Brothers involved and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. which, um, as far as the Smothers Brothers goes, I know one of them is is very like much into like dirty comedy, and the other one is very much not. Oh sure, um, which is pretty funny in in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, we should do a Smothers Brothers at some point. That could De- be cool. Definitely do that. Um, I have have they put out any albums? That's a good. Question. I have no idea. Um, mo- most likely they have. It maybe not anything Grammy worthy, but uh, definitely at some point we should. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, at some point we got to start making a list. Um, yeah, that'll that'll be good. And maybe that's just going to be like one of the jokes that go, you know, go going forward in the show. But however, your episode, we're like, oh, we need to make a list. No, we need we need to figure out what we're doing. Yeah, oh yeah, we should. We shouldn't just do this by the seat of our pants every week. Mm-hmm. Um, although I I think if if we tried to work too hard on it, then we'd just not want to do it anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, there's something to be said about that. Um. You know, unless we start making money on this, like, I don't really want to try too hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hear that. Right. I just want to, you know, what are we listening to? Okay, let's do that. And then, like, maybe get up early one day a week and then, you know, make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, you don't ever want to cross into, okay, cool, here's just one more thing for me to struggle with. Right, but I I am the one that has to edit this, so think about that. Oh, I know. You definitely are way more involved. Do not get me wrong. Yeah, um, editing is, you know, it's something I've done for years. Um, I've never gotten paid for it, though. Eh? Eh. Let's do a half an hour of that. Eh. 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 Eh, eh. I'm just gonna, you know, make copy of that and loop it for five or six times, and then yeah, that, yeah, that'll get the joke across. I think. Strong choice. Strong choice. And then we can like lead out with it as well. We'll see where I make the edits on that one. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, is by the time like I go to listen to these to edit them later, like I don't remember any of this. Oh no. Right. So, like, by the time you hear it, you don't know if we're edited it. Unless the edit's really poor, which has happened a couple times. Nah, it won't. Eh. 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 We never did the vitals. Jeez. We're this yeah, we're, we're, we've been slow getting into this one. Yeah, we were this far into the episode. We haven't done the vitals yet. You know what? That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. They can't all be perfect. And they can't all be the best episode. And this one is definitely going to be neither. Um, anyway, so this album came out in 1970. Uh, it was Flip's fourth album. 
uh, his first album on his independent label. I forget what that one's called, but uh, he made an independent label, and this was the first album off of that. Um, yeah. Uh, Little David Records. Little David, okay. That make, well, that doesn't make sense, but I'm sure it does make sense if I was in on that joke, whatever that is. Or I think the joke is it's a David and Goliath sort of thing of, uh, of him being, yeah, an up-and-comer. That makes sense. That does yeah. make sense. Um, this album went gold in July. It was released, I believe, in January or February. Yeah. Went gold in it's July. It's a good color. Yeah. Went gold in July. Uh, and then it won the Comedy Grammy that year. Um, I had up what it went up against, and I don't have it up anymore. Ooh, I could probably figure that out. Yeah, let's just let's look that up, and then we can edit this piece out, and it'll sound like like we got our shit together. Eh, eh. Pretty thin year that year. Uh, there's only three nominees. Is it? I see five. I'm looking at 1970. This is 71. So he won in. This is 71. Okay. Yeah. Which makes no sense because it came out in 1970. Well, you'd award it, and the Grammys tend to be like early 71. All right. So, so it was probably like February or March is usually when the Grammys come out. All right. So went up against uh, Bill Cosby live at Madison Square Garden, which um, is probably not the best Bill Cosby album. Sure, sure. Um, David Fry, I am the president. Do you know who David Fry is? I have no idea who D- David Fry is. Me either. Um, Orson Welles, the begatting of the president. Yeah. Orson I Wel- do know who Orson Welles is, definitely. But a comedy album. Um, I it's it's interesting. I it would be cool to do that at some point. Uh, we should probably just do an episode where we just do like five minutes of all these oddities on this list. Here's a weird thing. You know, Orson Welles. Yes. Citizen Kane, Orson Welles. Do you realize 30 years after Citizen Kane, he apparently made a comedy album. Right. And so based on the title is probably some sort of ribbing of Nixon, but I don't really know. Right. Let's say what year was Watergate? Was it 73? Uh, yeah, January of 73 is when it broke. I don't think he, uh, he wouldn't have resigned for a year or so later, but that, that's when that story broke. So yeah, in 71, he was still pretty, at least in terms of mainstream, popular he, president who... He was the I think Trump of his uh, time. You know, if, if we were going to compare him to anybody more modern, it would be Trump. Ah, He's very much... Uh, it was, in 71? Uh, he was... Yeah, people did not care for Nixon at all. There, there was, I... Yeah. I mean, this is a comedy podcast. I'll, I'll disagree with that in well, 71. Here's, here's but... the other thing. Like, I wasn't alive at this point. What the hell do I know? Yeah. <laughs> my, my understanding was that his first term, he was pretty popular. Um... I could also be wrong, but he did get reelected in quite a landslide. Um, and then it turned out that his VP took a bribe and he wiretapped a bunch of people, and then he got pretty hated. But I think for the first few years of Nixon, they were all like, 
Yeah, this guy's pretty swell. Yeah, yeah, you could be right. I I have no idea. I have no um um I got nothing in this game here. But yeah, apparently there's two We're not gonna... different albums about the president uh, in 1971 that were mm-hmm. funny and funny enough to um be up for um, yeah. comedy album of the year. However, um, and, and I didn't really care for this album. I'll just, I'll throw that out there. It's, um, I mean, half of it is um, late night monologues, which are not my favorite things in the world. Sure. Sure. Um, the other half is um, very much watered down for network television. Um, another thing I don't really care for. Um, and I don't really want to color my uh, judgment of uh, this individual based on this album. I don't know. Am I, am I completely wrong on off base here? I wouldn't say you're wrong and off base. I did like the album. I like uh, the comic style. I like um, there were definitely parts that didn't quite land or or maybe just because of, uh, to your point, censorship concerns uh, that were maybe less than the best. Um, But I did enjoy this album a a great deal and and his style and delivery and um, just the personality I, I thought was warm and engaging and and definitely the sort of storytelling type that um i think i lean into a little bit more but yeah that's just me i think a lot of my um opinion on this is is like uh how you know young kids these days are the yeah the young kids these days they uh, they uh, yeah 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 um how they like see the Beatles in a certain way and they're just like, Oh, those guys are lame. They sound like everybody else. It's like, well, they sound like everybody else because everybody wanted to be them. Um, yeah. It's, it's not like they sound like everybody else. It's everybody else sounds like them. And I kind of think that's what's going on here. Um, um to, to an extent. No, I was going to, Oh, yeah, sure. To where, you know, um, I'm sure, you know, at the time, Flip Wilson was, like, super cool. I mean, he's just, he's going into having his own television show here. Um, Mm -hmm. Albeit for four years, but still, that's, you know. That's not bad. I'll take that contract. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. But, uh, ultimately, um, I'm, I'm listening to this album and I'm going like this won the Grammy. And then I was thinking like, well, what went up against it? You know, um, uh, the other album we didn't mention, um, going up against this one is, uh, Homer and Jethro. Um, yeah, definitely. Daddy played first base. And I'm not super familiar with Homer and Jethro. I know the what they did the battle of uh whatever 
with the at the uh, Boy Scout camp. Sure, sure. Yeah, they're more kind of country music, comedy sort of thing. Um, very yeah. popular with who they're popular with. Right. Um, I did think um, there was like some battle. Anyway, um, yeah. I but that was that's the only thing I know that they've done. Um, sure. And I believe that did win the Grammy uh, years previous. I'd believe that. Or at least was up for it. Um, so, so yeah, we did the vitals now. You know, mm-hmm. tw- towards the end here. Well, I don't know if we're towards the end here or not, but um, it feels like we feels could. possible. It feels possible. Um, and we we never did the the hellos, how are yous, and 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 what are you up to, and do you have anything to plug and. You're strictly business. Yeah, we just got right into it. Um, so, so Patrick, do you any, got anything to plug other than this show? No. No. Did you did you go up for um, house teams? By the way. No, but I'm still doing them. <laughs> <laughs> I um, planned on going, and then it was you know. I had a three-day weekend, and it was like the third day into that, and I got lazy. Basically, yeah, that's hard. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely hard, and and it was like eleven in the morning on a Sunday. I just uh, just didn't go. Yeah, and um, and it's it's been so long since I've done any improv at all that I don't feel like worthy of it right now. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, so no, I, but yes, I definitely need to get out there and, um, start uh, doing it more regularly. That's for sure. I, I actually, yeah. need, I would like to get a team together, but, um, getting a team together is very hard. It's like, Hey, who wants to be on a team? And everybody and his brother's like, yeah. And then it's like, okay, let's show up at when, and then nobody wants to sh- actually show up or you know, are you right? Everybody like likes the idea of being on a team. They don't want to put in the work. That's mm-hmm. yeah. That's a nobody wants to work anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah. All, all the people that have ever said they wanted to be on a team with me. If you've never heard me say that, you heard me say it now. Although I don't expect you to actually be listening. <laughs> right. That's the other thing. That people are great for. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll come see your show. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's like, uh, remember on uh, how people used to send out things on Facebook, like come to my thing, right? And people would say maybe or yeah, I'm coming, and then they just didn't. yeah, definitely. And now people just don't respond at all. Easier. Yeah, well, it's better that they don't respond at all, right? So then you don't expect him to be there. Ah, society. Tricky thing. <laughs> tricky indeed. It's uh, so tricky that Run DMC made a song about it. Yep, that's what that song's about. Yeah, it's society. Eh. 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 A, uh, oh, the video 
and so let's get back on topic. The video features uh, Penn and Teller. Yeah. It's tricky video. Yeah, the it's tricky video. Um, at the oh, beginning, interesting. The beginning of the tricky video, it's uh this girl is like getting played by these guys, you know, doing card tricks or whatever uh, on the street. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, some no, I have do no like idea. The, the hidden cards, and then they they get you to gamble and take all your money. Uh, so it's like Penn and Teller. And like, um, then she like bets her gold or whatever. And then she tells run and he's all like, Oh, we got to get that gold back. And then, yeah, they, they're chasing Penn and Teller. Sure. Yeah. Good, good, uh, premise for a video. Good times. Eh. 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 So kids, Hey kids. Uh, I'm going to do my, my letterman. Hey kids. Yeah. Anyway, he used to do that bit, but um, go check out uh, the It's Tricky video. Um, it's on mm-hmm. the, the, the YouTubes. It used to be on the MTV, but not anymore. So, I know you were not super wild about this album, not your favorite album, but question for you. Favorite part? Least favorite part? Ooh. Okay. Um... All right, I would I would honestly say like the entire side two might be my least favorite. I just you know you not really a fan of um, night show monologues, right? Um, sure, sure. I I would say like the 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 WTF moment of the album though for me was uh, uh, track five, the gorilla. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand. Why at the zoo, the sign read "Go Dash Rilla," and the way he told it, that was hilarious, right? And the audience just went nuts, right? I I don't I didn't get it. Like that made no sense to me. Um, now, was that like something like there was a commercial at the time that was kind of like that or similar? Maybe that's possible just some some sort of um, um, pop culture thing that I'm unfamiliar with and has faded away over time or if it was just I don't know it just didn't make sense to me yeah I'm trying to think of like what my, what my favorite part was um, and I'm looking at these track listings and I'm just going like yeah, I don't remember all about this um and i mean that's kind of how i judge things it's just like if they're memorable you know what i mean sure sure um, and then if they're not memorable um because that's kind of how my mind works it's just like if something was great i hold on to it and if it was not i just kind of toss it away um which is kind of how i'm basing this album because i you know I remember listening to it. I remember pieces of it, but I don't remember, you know, like punchlines or um, even setups for that matter. Just remember little pieces here and there. Um, you know, the 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 lady that he does the the lady bit where he's talking about the dress and all that. Um, eh. Um, not really for me. 
Um, sure, sure. But again, I, I think a lot of this is um, cultural as well, right? So, like, um, a lot of this is cleaned up. Um, like, these are supposed to be dirty jokes, yet they're cleaned up for television. Um, so, therefore, maybe a lot is, is lost in translation there. And that um, this isn't an album made for me, right? This is an album made for... This is an album made for white people in the 70s. Or late 60s, sure. early 70s, you know? Um, a very watered down, very approachable um although not uh, you know still a little bit um risque i guess for the times um yeah. however that for you know you know for like 40 50 years later um not risque at all you know what i mean um so yeah it's it's definitely not an album made for today but um, I would like to think that it did help things and then move things along back then mm-hmm. um, as far mm-hmm. as, you know, race relations go. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking yeah. a little bit too deep about an album about um, dresses and gorillas. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean we've already established that we have different takes on this. I, I did like the album uh, a lot. Um, part of that is, you know, I didn't see it as being watered down. And actually I, I kind of have the opposite view of sometimes with those more risque, um, I don't know, uh, uh, not to knock our first album that we, that we talked about, but like, like, Sandler's they're all going to laugh at you. Okay, sure it was theoretically edgier, dirtier, but it was I, there, there's part of me that finds that sort of humor way lazier and cheap. Um whereas the more long-form storytelling uh, I I do prefer um yeah, I mean I I really appreciate the devil by, made me buy this dress as a whole section. I'm referring more to the the sketch about not sketch the story about the pastor's wife um, essentially using Satan as an excuse to charge whatever she wants or I guess it was checks not charges but to buy a lot of things she probably didn't need um, I don't know I, I'll agree with you that the gorilla section didn't quite work where you know essentially a pastor goes to a zoo and tries to like work with this gorilla get him out of jail because of whatever. Um, yeah, I, I actually kind of thought that bit was kind of funny. Cause like, yeah, except for the fact that it does buy into a lot of, um, I think he's pandering here. You know what I'm saying? To the, um, to the, to the LOL. Isn't it funny that, you know, gorillas look like black people kind of, yeah, I mean Racism that 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 part of the humor shit. is definitely in there as well. Yeah, um, that's definitely kind of the 
central premise of the joke, just taking it a little bit further. Um, which is odd, but also like even if that part wasn't there, I don't I don't know the section works that well, and and more than anything else, it just goes on too long. Right. But. But to dig a little deeper into that, I, I think that's the whole reason that bit is there. Um, yeah. Was to kind of um, play into this, you know, racist, you know, shit so that, um, you know, white people would buy the album. Um, or not buy the, well, at this point, this is a television special at the time. Um, mm-hmm. just, but this is, this is a joke for white people at the time. And, um, it's a, you know, this is pre all in the family. Um, this is, you know, just racism exists and these are the, um, jokes about it that are out there and we're just going to kind of lean into one. And, um, sure. And it's, it's done to, um, as like an appeasement, I guess, um, or to sell towards, um, this, um, portion of the population. And I, I kind of, um, I don't know, I, I guess if I think about it a little bit more, it feels more like a sellout and that's part of the reason why I didn't care for it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't take it that way, but if that's your interpretation, that definitely works as well. And that's our show. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, you know, want to get, you know, into, you know, a ton of philosophy and, and all that here, but just... Yeah, that makes sense. Just the timing and just uh, of everything, just it kind of line, everything lines up to where that's what's going on there. Um, so, but uh, again, this side one and side two puts together the two things that I think are the worst things in comedy is, uh, the network television set. um, which is just, I don't know, it just seems watered down and um, tries to appeal to everybody and kind of makes it hard to succeed at all. And then um, the, the late night stand-up monologues, which, again, we, we, we talked about earlier, we agreed it's not quite stand-up. Um, yeah we did agree that they're hard to put together because you have to do one every night. Um, and so obviously they're not going to be like a, a material. Uh, but again, that's why they're not that good. Um, so it's just like, I, I don't know. I I would, I don't think I'd listen to this album again, uh, for enjoyment. Sure. Since none of, neither of us have anything to plug. I sure don't, um, mm-hmm. except for you should definitely listen to this podcast. And, oh, yes. Um, if you are listening to this podcast and, and you have listened to all the episodes and you are enjoying it, um, please make sure you, you subscribe to it, 
um, or um, follow it or whatever your preferred platform has. And if it allows reviews like Apple or Spotify, uh, please do so. Um, if you like the podcast, if you don't like the podcast, just don't bother to do anything. Um, we don't, you know, if, if you have anything negative to say, you can send us an email at thirdonducks at gmail.com and tell us why we suck. Um, it's, it's fine. You know, um, I, I can't speak for Patrick, but I know, you know, my parents used to tell me that all the time. It's a, it's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. I got the joke. Yeah. It's, it's, it's only a half joke, but still, um, they're not listening to this. Um, mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter what I say about my parents. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, if you can, you know, you know, give us good ratings and, and whatnot, uh, it's really going to help spread the podcast. Um, if you know other folks that would enjoy a podcast on this topic, uh, let them know, tell, tell them that it exists and it's something that they could, um, enjoy or, um, slightly, you know, ignore, you know, as, as it drones on and on and on. Eh. 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 That was a joke as well. Um, mm-hmm. we, we joke around a lot on here. Uh, it's kind of part of the, part of the appeal. Eh. 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 That and the sex appeal, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was voted number five. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good anyway. It was like, what, what number would you assign this person? Um, and then it came up five. I don't know what that has to do with the, uh, you know, sex appeal, but I thought I'd throw that out there. Very nice. Very nice. It wasn't really, um, attached, but, um, yeah. Number five, baby. Wow. It's like, um, if we were doing movies, we could do short, we could segue right into a short circuit movie, but, uh, we're not doing movies. No. Yeah. Johnny five alive though. Eh. 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 Patrick, do you do you do you, you do you know that reference? Do you know what I'm talking? I about? do not at oh, all. Okay. Well, you should you should watch Short Circuit. Um, but be be prepared for, um, a, a guy um playing an Indian dude who's not an Indian. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's um, you know, it, you know, in hindsight, it's very shameful. Oh yeah, but but still a good movie. Steve Gutenberg. Sure, sure. Yeah, you can't can't really go wrong. Although there is one Steve Gutenberg movie that is uh, apparently really awful. Um, I think it's probably the only one I've ever seen, and it's called The Boyfriend School. I've never seen it mm. for whatever reason, and it has nothing to do with the plot at all. But he plays, it's either an Australian or a New Zealander. I think he's an Australian in this movie. Uh, but he's got like a New Zealand accent. Because it's a, it's a terrible, terrible accent. Um, and there's no reason for it at all in the, in the movie. Um, there's no reason that he's from Australia. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think just as an actor, he made that decision. And... Nobody was going to tell the great Steve Gutenberg 
uh, that he couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Personally, I love Steve Gutenberg movies. Um, but, you know, uh, it's not everybody's cup of tea. Not everybody likes Police Academy, Short Circuit, Three Men and a Little, uh, Three Men and Baby, Three Men and a Little Lady, or. Well, I can't think of anything else. Yeah. But personally, I do. And that's what matters. Right. What do you enjoy, Patrick? Oh, a wide variety of things. I think Gutenberg might be just... Uh, maybe peaked a little bit before I was in that style of things, so... Yeah. Never really got into him. Most, most definitely. I, I, did Steve Gutenberg ever put out a comedy album? Eh. 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 Episode. You know, when we were looking at the... Um, list of Grammy Awards for a comedy album or whatever. I, I did notice year after this one, 72 is Lily Tomlin's This Is A Recording. I know nothing about this album. Um, um, yeah, I I kind of I think I'm on the same page as you. I, I know nothing about it. I, I appreciate Lily Tomlin. Mm-hmm. We have not featured a uh, woman at all. Yeah, I mean a little bit of Lane May, but that was with Mike Nichols. But... That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, and, but that is part of it too. Is, is featuring a woman and yeah, uh, and let's uh, wow went through puberty there for a second. Yeah, uh, it'll do it. But um, let's be honest. Uh, when it comes to choosing comedy albums that have won Grammys. Um, there's not a lot of representation from the ladies. No, that's true. Um, which I don't know. A lot can be said about that, but, um, absolutely. I don't, I don't know. There's no reason for me to be defensive about this at all, but, uh, here I am. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I just think it's fair to mention that, that, um, it's not because we were, going out of our way to pick only men. It was uh, because the men were, you know, 90% of the option. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it might be a low estimate. I think that's a, a fair choice. Um, okay, cool. We have no other, um, we should probably come up with some sort of a system. And I think we talk about this every week about yeah. like, how we pick the next album, but I, I, this is kind of fun too. We're just randomly like, I don't know, run into something, um, which, which will be funny because we've done 73. Um, we did 73 last week, right? Yeah. And uh, now we've done 71. 71 and next week we're going to do 72, um, which is completely random. Um, but uh, it'll get us there. Uh, I don't think we need to do every year. Um, no, it's not, not, not definitely not our goal, but, uh, I think that, uh, you know, we'll get there and eventually I think we'll start having some guests. Um, I think that would be nice get a third, mm-hmm. you know, opinion, a random opinion, you know, that, uh, 
we have no way to prepare for. All right. So, yeah, join us next week when we're going to be talking about This is a Recording by Lily Tomlin. Mm-hmm. Should be a grand old time. Should be. And maybe we'll find an album I actually enjoy. It sounds possible. Uh, why does he do so many podcasts when he can't find an album that he enjoys? Mm, I don't know. It is a fair question. Um, and maybe I'm just getting old and uh, jaded. Possible. It's very possible. But find out next week on third, 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 one, one. one Ducks. Quack. Eh. 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 This has been Third One Ducks, brought to you by Brady Cox and Patrick Kilcoin. Opening music, Ska of the Mountain King by Johnny Boyle, available at Upbeat.io. And that's Upbeat with two Ps.